It's episode three of the EP podcast here on the Zone Sports Network. I'm Austin Horton, executive producer of the Zone Sports Network and the big show each and every afternoon from two to seven. You can also catch me on the Movie Zone Thursdays, Saturdays, Sundays, and of course, Utah Carson's presented by Mark Miller Subaru every Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Just a quick segment here, a quick podcast I do every day talking about the sports world. Otherwise, I'll give you the laugh of the day at the end of this thing here. Bit of an abbreviated uh, episode today, but I wanted to start with with the Devin Kafusi news. I know I'm mispronouncing. Is it Kafusi? Kafusi? Devin Kafusi. Uh, the famed name uh, at BYU football before he's got relatives also that played at Utah. And now he's transferring from BYU to the University of Utah. He will sit out this coming season. He said uh, that the reason he is uh, transferring is he feels he can develop better at the University of Utah as a football player than he was doing at BYU. What I want, there's there's all kinds of uh, rumors and rumblings and mumblings going on out there about maybe he had other motivations, maybe there were other reasons. I don't know. Frankly, at this point, I don't care. I don't know if I'll ever care. Uh, but uh, I do know he'll be on DJ and PK Friday morning, so that will be a must-hear, don't-miss interview. Anytime a Kafusi leaves BYU, it's news. Anytime Kafusi leaves BYU for Utah, it's big-time news. And here's a guy that is deciding that the rival up north here in Salt Lake City gives him a better opportunity to succeed at football than he was getting under Kalani Sitake and Elisa Tuiaki in Provo. That's where I wanted to focus. What does this mean for uh, the, the legacy of BYU when a, when a legacy family name like this chooses to go to BYU to play for Kalani Sitake and Elisa Tuiaki. Did they there I guess there's a couple factors. Did this uh did Devin choose to go there just because of family obligation that he felt or family pressure because you're a Kafusi, you go to BYU. Was that the reason? Corbin and uh and uh Bronson, his brothers, of course, uh, among and his dad Steve and you know, was there reason for this? His sister I think played basketball at BYU. Was it because the family goes to BYU and he's had a change of heart? Or he's always wanted to go to Utah, and that's what's going Or is it, like he said, he feels he can develop better at Utah? I, my two cents is this. Alesa Tuiaki is a really, really nice guy. Alesa Tuiaki is an incredible football coach. I'm not sure Alesa Tuiaki is a terrific defensive coordinator. I don't know. I, I'm probably speaking out of turn by saying that. I just have not seen the production from BYU's defense that I think they could have been getting based on the personnel and uh, and uh, talents that they had on the roster the last couple seasons. And sadly, that's where you look to point fingers at and blame is the coordinator. Now it all goes to the head coach. And Kalani Sitake knows that. He'll take that. He'll understand that. He'll own this. This is a, a failure frankly, on BYU's part to lose a Kafusi, especially one of Devin's capabilities to Utah of all teams. This isn't he isn't leaving for all due respect Weber State or Utah State or outside of the the state. He's going from BYU to the in-state rival who has what BYU wants and that is a Power 5 affiliation. There seems to be a bit of a NFL fast track or a faster NFL track for a Kafusi or anybody to go to Utah than at BYU and that's I think that's an admission by Kafusi or not an admission but uh, evidence that Utah's where you want to be right now. Sorry, BYU fans. Utah, if you're, if you're looking to get into the NFL, you want to be at Utah. Even if you just want to 
have a, a you know it's got the power five affiliation the pac-12 isn't the end-all be-all but it's in the p5s and independence is not so I, I think this is a bad day for byu recruiting byu will spin it they'll byu fans will spin it they'll want to say oh he wasn't a byu guy oh he wasn't as good as we thought he was going to be he he didn't play as well as he should have he wasn't as committed on and on and on and on there will be all kinds of spin on this from both sides and that's just the name of the game but my overall feeling until we hear more from devon i think this is a bad day for byu football i think this is evidence that uh, byu is way behind in the recruiting battle, especially when it comes to head-to-head with the University of Utah. That's not news to anybody, but it is news when a player openly admits that he'd rather be there than with BYU. All right, something else that uh, on my mind that caught my attention today. The NBA has said they're going to pay their players in full on their next paycheck April 15. <sighs> this is such a, a bad time in the world to be worrying about millionaires and, and and nba players getting what they should be getting on and on look i think everyone should be paid with their contracted to be paid the nba in that contract they could do that force majeure clause where they don't have to pay anybody they haven't yet they won't at least up to april 15 according to reports from major wozniarowski and others i do feel for anybody who loses money who loses their job i don't feel all that badly though for an NBA player. Even if they're a even if they're a two-way contract guy, they're in the NBA. They're making hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars on and on. They will be fine. They should be fine if they haven't mishandled things. Now there's exceptions. There's people in the G League or rookies or people that haven't quite made it and are still starting to build that quote-unquote fortune that you get from being a professional athlete. There are exceptions to this feeling I have. But the mainstays the, the main guys, the, th- the guys that come to your mind in the NBA, if they missed some paychecks, I'm not going to feel too bad for them. Just because I have dear friends who are now out of work, who were living paycheck to paycheck, trying to make it, doing an honest living, an honest day hard's work, an honest hard day's work, and they lost their gig, and I'm worried more about them financially than I could possibly spend any more time worrying about NBA players, and if or if not, they're going to get paid. But it is a story, and it is something that matters in the sports world, and it's relevant to our time. So, it, it, but it is. There, it, I guess the good, a good way for me to say it is, it makes me a little ill in my mouth when I bring this up, when I know people listening to this podcast, following our station, listening to sports fans in general that are without work, and they, they uh, don't have anything near dreaming what these nba players are paid so god bless to all of you and uh hopefully everything can come back sooner rather than later the good news is yeah they're nba players they're millionaires but as soon as they get back to playing that's good news for everybody trickles on down to everyone listening to this podcast trickles down to me obviously uh with my position in my career what i've chosen to do for work and it matters so there's a bit of nba news along those same lines todd Gurley. And Clay Matthews, they're talking out about the Los Angeles Rams. Of course, they're former Rams players. Todd Gurley was recently, uh, the the Rams recently moved on from him and Clay Matthews. Clay Matthews III said, you and me both, TG, better get some interest with that too. And what he's replying to is Todd Gurley's tweet that says, at Rams NFL past due, send me money ASAP. 
The Rams released Gurley and Matthews both on the same day, March 19. Gurley signed a one-year, $5.5 million contract with the Falcons, I think earlier this week. And Clay Matthews is still unsigned, if I'm not mistaken. The Rams say they are in full compliance, according to the language in the players' contracts. The players, though, say they are still owed money. The Rams saved almost $4 million in salary cap by cutting Matthews. And following their decision to cut Gurley, the Rams owed him $7.5 million roster bonus. But because of offset language in Gurley's contract, the team does not have to pay him $2.5 million of that $7.55. So, again couple millionaires complaining about millions of dollars that they're owed you need to pay them what they're owed but i'm not sick or losing any sleep for todd Gurley or clay matthews sorry not sorry in a weird story story julian edelman he won't be prosecuted prosecuted rather in a vandalism misdemeanor case back uh, in january in la edelman was arrested uh, January 11 in Beverly Hills, one week after the Patriots season ended to the My Tennessee Titans, the 33-year-old jumped on the hood of a vehicle at 9 o'clock Pacific time in the evening, causing damage. The owner of the vehicle told the L.A. County District Attorney's Office he has been fully compensated for the repair costs to the vehicle and will therefore drop the charges, as will the county L.A. District Attorney. So... Looks like a, a millionaire getting away with something that he would have uh, would otherwise not have gotten away with if he was just a everyday Joe out there in the public jumping on someone's car. I don't know. That may be unfair to say, though, because I know of incidents where someone's caused damage to another person. They've settled outside of court or without attorneys or, or whatever. The, the person pays for the damage they caused, and everyone goes on their way. No one needs to get rich over this thing if there weren't any bodily uh, damage or, or loss of life. If this was just a fender bender or a bent hood of a car, it sounds like they've handled it the right way. Edelman paid the guy, got it fixed, and everyone moves on with their lives. And then finally this. The Masters were supposed to be this weekend. They're supposed to start today, Thursday, April 9th through the 12th on Easter Sunday. Of course, we know that's been moved to November. Tiger Woods, defending Masters champion, says he was ready to go full health had the full health clearance, was ready to go and try and defend and be back-to-back Masters champion. He's 44 years old, played just twice uh, so far in, in 2020, finished tied ninth for at the Farmers Insurance Open in January, and then 68th, last among those who made the cut at the Genesis Invitational. But he says he wasn't fully healthy then. He is now. We'll have to see what, what November holds for Tiger Woods, the defending Masters champion. That was a cool moment last year when he won that thing. I, I've got my problems with Tiger, like I would assume everybody does, or most people do. But golf is better when Tiger is good. And that's just, there's no if, ifs, ands, or buts about it. All right, that's going to do it for a short, abbreviated edition of the EP podcast. Abbreviated, because got a lot going on. Got the movie zone coming up tonight. Uh, Johnny Lightfoot will be filling in as a co-host. Excited to have him back on the show. We'll talk to Jeff Whipple of Megaplex Theaters. We'll introduce two new segments from the archives and at home with... Well, you'll hear from some zone personalities and what they're streaming these days of coronavirus, COVID, pandemic, quarantine, stay at home, stay, stay safe, whatever we want to call it stuff. What they're streaming at home and what they're thinking about it. In fact, I believe Hans and Scotty are going to make their first appearance in the At Home With segment on tonight's episode of The Movie Zone. That's it. I'm Austin Horton. Uh, 
Join us on the big show, 2 o'clock to 7 o'clock every day here on the Zone Sports Network. And I'll see you tomorrow on the EP Podcast. Now, stay tuned. The best part of this podcast is right now. Time now for the laugh of the day. (laughs) I never understand when a player says he never knowingly took steroids. I mean, how naive. Ah, why did you stick that needle in my butt? Ah, why did I do that occasionally throughout my career? Ah, why come in and answer my persistent queries? You can't be expected to know what's going on back there. I wrote a joke on steroids. I haven't tried it yet. I'll try it. Um, why did the chicken cross the road? I don't know, but if you don't laugh, I'm gonna crush your head like a walnut. Hey, I like a good horse race. I just don't understand this part of it, you know? I'd like to show up like at a three-mile charity run. Oh, who are you? I'm gonna be flogging you. When they say go, I'm gonna hit you with this thing. Get you going. And then you'll leave me alone. No, I'm gonna be with you the whole way. And I'm gonna keep hitting you as hard as humanly possible. So you'll know to run. I know to run, yeah, but a reminder couldn't hurt. You know, the most dangerous part of football has nothing to do with getting hit. It's forming your plastic mouth guard. The thing doesn't fit your teeth yet. You have to take it out of the wrapper and dip it into scalding hot boiling water till it gets nice and gooey and then take it out and bite on it so it forms to your teeth. The whole time it's bubbling, you're going, why didn't I run cross country? I didn't want to feel that pain, so I just took a hammer and smashed all the teeth out of my face. I figured that would hurt less than biting in this lava magma candle wax from the center of the sun.